us, is this the light loop? If so, um, we wish to cancel. Um, we do not wish to belong to that or to pay this anymore. Thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to the Lum Loop Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the intersection of markets, money, and life. And this is episode 38 of the Lum Loop Podcast. And boy, do I have some big news. As of this moment, this exact moment, really as of last week, but I'm just going to say as of this moment, the Lum Loop Podcast is now live on the biggest podcasting platform in the universe. That's right. You can now get the Lun Loop on Apple Podcasts. And from what I understand, all the other podcast apps just scrape Apple Podcasts. So I'm pretty sure you can get the Lun Loop anywhere you get your podcasts. So let me ask you a quick favor. If you're listening to this right now, put it on pause, go to Apple Podcasts, and just rate the Lun Loop, would you? Just give it a 35 stars, whatever the biggest star count is, give it that. And if you would, take 60 seconds and write a quick little blurb. Just tell them how radio-friendly my voice is, uh, how engaging I am. Just lie. Just lie through your teeth. Would you lie for me? Like It will help get the podcast out there and, you know, it will bring uh, peace to the world. All right. So, look, it's been a long-established tradition here on the Lun Loop podcast and the Lun Loop in general that there are things we don't talk about. They're off limits. Well, today in Discord, I pimped the fact that I've dropped one of those. I have lifted a moratorium that I've had for a long time on discussing a particular topic in the Lun Loop. People guessed, they were trying to guess what that topic would be. Someone guessed Coke versus Pepsi. I'll talk about Coke versus Pepsi. There's no, there's not even a discussion there. It's Coke all the way. Don't even get Pepsi around me. In fact, I'll discuss any conflict. Stones, Beatles, catsup, ketchup, chocolate, vanilla. I got no problem with those things. But there have always been three topics that have been verboten here on the Lun Loop podcast. They are politics, sports, and macrame. But that is about to change. As of this moment, I am lifting my self-imposed restriction on one of those subjects. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of you out there right now that are thinking, well, it's about goddamn time, Brian, and you just can't wait for me to tear the party you hate a new asshole. Let me tell you something. If that's your guess, you are 100% wrong. I will burn the Lun Loop down, bury its ashes in a shallow grave at the edge of town where the coyotes can dig it up and defile it before I will ever bring politics into the Lun Loop. That will never happen, so don't worry about that. Now, I'm sure there's another group of you that are salivating. You're like thinking, okay, here we go. The Lun Loop is going all macrame all the time. Nope, not, that's not going to happen either. The subject that I am no longer banning from the Lun Loop is sports. And in particular, football. Now let's just back up a little bit. 
I'm fairly bereft of the sports fan gene. I don't really follow many sports. There's two sports that I, one I'm really into, one I'm kind of into. I'm really into UFC. I really love UFC. I'm kind of into curling. (laughs) If you ever see curling on TV, if you ever come across a curling broadcast or at the Olympics, the Winter Olympics, I kind of like curling. And it's not like I'm not interested in sports at all. In fact, just this past weekend, I went down a rabbit hole on bowling. Growing up, we used to go to the bowling lane with you know friends. When I got older, you'd go to like rock and bowl. But I did not know that there was something called candle pin bowling. It's bizarre. These like long, thin pins. Uh, and not only are they long and thin, but they also play. So once you knock them down, they don't clear them. And so they're part of the, the action on the next uh, frame or the next bowl. Never knew that candle pin bowling existed. Even stranger than that, duck pin bowling. I'm sure there's people on the East Coast right now. They're like, yeah, yeah, we all know about this. But I'm telling you out here in the West, we've never heard of candle pin bowling and we've never heard of duck pin bowling. So I'm curious about sports, but I'm not a big basketball, football baseball, hockey, mainstream sport guy. Again, that's about to change. Let me give you a little bit of context around my relationship with football. I have a love-hate relationship with football. Way back in the day, growing up as a kid, I loved football. I followed all the games. Every week we'd watch whatever two games were broadcast. And some of my best memories ever are watching Monday Night Football with my dad. We would always discuss on Sunday what teams were playing. We'd bet a nickel or a quarter. I'd pick one team, he'd pick the other. I usually pick the teams based upon their helmet design. The helmet design I liked, I would pick that team. And we would watch Frank Gifford and Howard Cosell and Dandy Don. And at some point, I think Alex Karras was in there. That was like my genre of Monday Night Football. The best thing about Monday Night Football was halftime. They would show the highlights from all the games during the week or from Sunday. And back in, you know, back in the day, you had no other way to see them. You could see two games per week and maybe one of them would be blacked out if it was your local team. So I've got really good fond memories about football. But then football took a different turn for me. It was the summer between eighth grade and freshman year of high school. I was at the beach with one of my buddies, Ty Thomas, and he just casually mentioned, oh yeah, I'm going out for the football team next year. I was stunned. Ty had never played football before. In fact, none of my friends had played football. There was no Pop Warner. There was no Junior All-American. They all played baseball and soccer, but certainly not football. So a couple days later, I was at the skate park with a few of my buddies, and I said to them, I said, hey, did you hear? Ty says he's going to go out for football next year. And without missing a beat, all three of them turned and said, yeah, so are we. Again, I was stunned, but I shouldn't have been. I just wasn't reading the room right. The school I was going to, Edison High School, was a massive powerhouse in football. The year before I entered, the senior football team was on a 33-game win streak. Football at Edison was a machine, a big, big machine. How big? Let me tell you how big. 
my sophomore year, the school decided that they were going to play Punahou High School in Hawaii. Punahou was supposedly some big powerhouse in the islands. And so we were going to take the team and fly over there and play our opening game against Punahou High School. They were going to take the senior team, the junior team, and even the sophomore team. And not only all those teams, but all the trainers and the coaches and the parent chaperones and the cheerleaders. And by the way, at Edison, they didn't cut anybody. So there were 80, 85 people on the senior team. There were probably 100 on the sophomore team. All said and done, there must have been 300 people going on this trip. That's a lot of money. So here's what they decided to do. They decided to have us sell door-to-door seedlings. They paired two of us up at a time, and we walked around with a box, and we said, hi, I'm Brian from the Edison High School sophomore football team. We want to go on a trip to Punahou High School or to the islands to play Punahou High School. Would you like to buy a seedling? They're $1.50. You do the math. I don't know what it would have cost in 1983 to send 300 people to Hawaii for seven days, but I think you would have had to sell a whole hell of a lot of seedlings. That lasted for about a week. And then finally, the booster club just said, you know what? We're just going to pay for the whole goddamn thing. (laughs) We're just going to write a check for 300 people to fly to Hawaii, be in hotels for a week, and cover all their expenses. That's what a juggernaut Edison football was. When I was a sophomore, sorry, when I was a junior, my team was ranked number six in the nation by USA Today. That's how massive a program we had at Edison. So me not thinking that every male I knew was going to try out for the team was probably a miss on my part. So not having a spine of my own, not being self-assured enough to say, sorry, I'm going to play the drums for four years. I said, okay, I'll go out for football too. I'd never played a down of football. I weighed about 125 pounds soaking wet, holding a brick. I was maybe 5'7 at that point. And they said, well, what position do you want to play? I didn't even know what the positions were. But my buddy Ty, who was 40 pounds heavier than me, he went out for offensive line. So I said, offensive line? (laughs) And for four years, I played offensive line. If you replace played with sat and offensive line with bench, that would be more accurate. For four years, I sat on the bench. Well, I didn't totally sit on the bench. I was what's known as the dummy defense team. So when the first string offense was practicing, they would put out the dummy D and that would be me and all the other losers that should have been playing uh, soccer. And what was I on the dummy defense? Well, I was a defensive end. At that time, I was probably 145 pounds, maybe 150 pounds. We had two massive tackles. Andy Sinclair, who is 6'5", 270 pounds, and Dennis McGowan, who was 6'4", 290 pounds. And so I would get out there and line up on the dummy D, and they would say, Sweep left, sweep left. And I knew what a sweep left was because I knew what all the plays were. And I knew that a sweep left involved Andy pulling 
and coming right down the line and punching the defensive end out. And I was the defensive end. So you do the math. 150 versus 270. So, all right, here we go. Hut, hut, hike. And I would run down knowing that Andy was coming at me and I would see him and here he comes and he's just just like a freight train. He comes right up to me and he grabs my shoulder pads and he just gently lifts me up. And I'm like, oh my God, Andy Sinclair did not kill me. He knows I'm 150 pounds. He knows he could run right over me. He's a good guy. Ah, thank God. So a couple plays later, they do another sweep. I'm like, dad, no problem. Because... I'll be running to Andy again. He'll grab my pads and everything we find. So I jog down the line. Here comes Andy looking like a freight train. And this time he launches me into Saturn. <laughs> I like literally like wake up with star, those like those stars that you see in the cartoons going. So suffice to say, it was a really rough time my junior and senior year at high school. And that kind of soured me on football. I kind of, that put me off football. You know, they say like if you, uh, if you eat too much of something or if you, let's say you, you drink, I had a buddy that, that got so shitty drunk on JD in high school that he puked his guts out and ended up in jail. That put him off JD for basically the rest of his life. I was put off football. I really don't want to have anything to do with football. So for years and years and years, I haven't paid attention to football. If it's the playoffs, if it's the Super Bowl, I'm still a red-blooded American. I still get involved. But other than that, I could give a crap about football. And that worked out okay because even as an adult, my friends were not really big football fans. I mean, they're casual fans, but not really. Until about seven, eight, nine years ago, my best friend started to really get into football. Like he'd start interjecting sentences that were strange. Like, yeah, our team's doing good this year. It's like, hmm, looks like we just picked up a new receiver. I'm like, we? <laughs> Who's we? And I like, really? You're really into football? You were never really into football. Now you're into football? Okay, whatever. I thought it was a phase. It would just kind of go away. But it didn't. At first, I started to fuck with him a little bit. I'd start making fun of his team when they would lose and shiv him here, shiv him there. You know, things that good friends do. But in the last couple of years, I I guess uh, maybe I'm getting mature. I don't know. Maybe it's far enough away from my, my bad experience with football. I was like, how's your team doing? You know, and I started paying attention to how they were doing and we get into the playoffs and maybe glance at the score here and there on my phone when it was, you know, Sunday. And last year I started to kind of watch the games a little bit. And this year I actually watched all their, their playoff games. And I kind of found myself getting into it, not stupid getting into it, but just like, this is kind of fun. You know, just kind of like I get into UFC or curling if it's on. And I said to myself, you know what? I'll tell you what. I am going to expand my mind. I'm going to eat broccoli. I'm going to jump in a cold pool. I'm going to actively get interested in football, at least for an experiment to see if it works. And I said, well, what better team to get involved with than my buddy's team? Because we get something in common. We can call each other like girls on the weekend. Oh, did you see what they did? So as of now, I am a temporary. I am a contingent. I am a test drive with the option to buy fan of the 
San Francisco 49ers. That's right. I'm a 49ers fan. Mm, somewhat, kind of, sort of. Well, we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, is this the lunt loop? Here's a pro tip. If it's getting late and you're on take 53 of your podcast, just pick up the goddamn mic like Dean Martin. It makes things so much easier, and that's what I'm doing right now. All right, so if you've been listening to the Lunloop podcast for any amount of time, you know how much I love to take a subject and torture it and contort it and ham-handedly twist it into a market analogy. And guess what? This episode's no different. Now that I've spent three or four weeks becoming a football expert, I'm thinking about the players and the roles that they fill and how that relates to what we do in the market. Now, I'm only thinking about the defensive team, and that's because trading to me is a defensive endeavor. You don't go into a trade thinking, hey, how much can I win? You think, how do I manage my risk? So as I think across the defensive lineup, you've got your defensive line, your tackles, your defensive ends. You've got your midfield, which are your linebackers. And then you've got your DBs and your safeties, your backfield. Now, I get it. Technically, all of those people play every type of play. But if we really are being honest about this, the defensive line is mostly there to protect against the run. Yes, they put pressure on the passer, but they're really there to hold the line. Defensive line, get it? And yes, the DBs and the safeties are expected to come in on a run. But let's be honest, their real job is to protect against the pass. If you think about it, the only position on the defensive side that has to be equally adept at both the run and the pass is the linebacker. In addition, they have to be able to reposition their team in real time in response to audibles called by the other side's QB. So if I want to continue to torture this trading football analogy even more, the position that has the most skill sets related to what we do in trading, I think is the linebacker. All right, let's unpack this a little bit. Everything about an offensive play is designed for deception. You want people to go one way while you go the other way. It's the same thing in the market. There's so much noise out there pulling you in this direction or that direction. What's this news? What did this company say over here? It gets you distracted from paying attention to what you need to to make money. It's all about deception and overcommitment. If a linebacker overcommits to the run and it's a pass, he's screwed. If he overcommits to the pass and it's a run, he's also screwed. We have lots of ways that we can overcommit in trading. You can overcommit to size and take on too much risk. And you can overcommit to narrative and take on a position that works against you. Now, we've talked about the solutions to both of these many times. We've talked about reverse engineering your size based upon chart-based stops and targets. And we've talked about cutting your losers quick. You know, they say, what's the best way to hire right? It's to fire quick. You get into a position, it doesn't work against you, just get out, move the problem that we have when it comes to overcommitment, I think the biggest problem, is sentiment. 
And we're seeing that play out right now in real time. So I want to talk to three buckets of people. I want to talk to people that are current Lunloop subscribers. I want to talk to people that are former Lunloop subscribers. And I want to talk to people that are considering becoming Lunloop subscribers. If you're a current Lunloop subscriber, as they say in the Gaelic states, good on you. You know why? Because we just went through hell. What is it that Winston Churchill said? If you find yourself going through hell, keep going. Don't stop and certainly don't go back. We just went through a hellish year. And as we've seen lately, the market seems to be turning. And as we've gone through so much penance, it's now time to reap our rewards. If you are a former Lunloop subscriber, I'm telling you, I get it, right? I get it. It was a tough year. I'm sure you got beat up. I'm sure a lot of you lost a ton of money and it sucks. And I get it if you never want to get involved in the markets again. But again, I want to emphasize you went through the worst of it. It's starting to get better. And there would be nothing worse than thinking you sat through a year of hell, got beat up, bruised, knocked around, then threw in the towel right when things were starting to turn, right when you could get back into the groove and make not only what you lost back, but even more. And finally, I want to talk to those people out there that are considering becoming members of the Lundloop community. Look, I can't tell you for sure that we're not going back to the lows, but if you said, hey, Brian, you're a good looking guy, and on a scale of one to 10, one being like, yeah, we're going back to the lows and 10 being it's over, I'd say we're definitely at a seven to eight. I think we've eaten our broccoli, our parsnips, our turnips, our Brussels sprouts, and now it's time to eat that goddamn creme brulee or pretty close to it. So anyway, long story short, I like football now. Linebackers are traitors. Don't overcommit. Don't throw in the towel. The worst is over. The best is yet to come. Become part of the Lundloop community. Um, I would like to repeat that want to be canceled from the Lundloop, whatever you've got me on, um, if you wish to call and explain what it is, uh, actually, uh, forget that. Well, that's it for this episode. If you got any questions, hit me up at Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at thelunloop.com. I'll see you next time. Bye.